If you enjoy these podcasts, check out Enrico Signoretti's reports and blogs on gigaohm.com. They're about data storage and cloud computing, addressing all the topics covered in Voices in Data Storage. Hi, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of uh, Gigaohm's uh, Voices in Data Storage. I am Enrico Signoretti, and today we will talk again about data growth in the enterprise and uh, how to face these kind of challenges. To help me with this topic, I invited Krishna Subramanian, uh, CEO and co-founder of Comprise. Hi, Krishna, how are you? Hi, Enrico, doing great. Before starting with the episode, I would like to ask you a little bit about uh, yourself uh, and, uh, and Comprise, just to give a little bit of background to, to our listeners. Sure. Um, so Comprise is an analytics-driven data management software. Um, I'm one of the three co-founders of the company, and uh, we started the company about four years ago, uh, and uh, we're solving the problem of managing unstructured data growth for enterprises. Yeah, and this is why I invited you. Also, I want to mention that... Uh, we met uh, last time uh, uh, during Storage Field Day 19, and uh, it was pretty imp- impressive. Uh, and it was a pretty impressive uh, session because we went uh, not only to talk uh, ab- about data growth and how to solve this challenge, but actually there are a, a few uh, additional features that you developed in the last uh, three, four months that are maybe... Uh, even more interesting that the basic uh, management uh, uh, that we showed last year with a with a sort of automated seeding. So maybe we can start with the with the basic and and then go uh, a little bit deeper on uh, in the news. Are you okay with that? Yeah, perfect. So. Um, so we we stopped uh, uh, I think a, a while ago. Uh, being worried for uh, data growth, okay? We we are now give it for granted. Uh, the problem is that uh, all the effort is moving to the data management part because uh, um, data growth, yes, we, we understand it now, but it's really expensive. So uh, traditional mechanisms do uh, traditional mechanisms do not work very well to to store data. I mean, we can keep piling. Uh, up data as we were used to, and and now there are several options to 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 make it more um, more affordable for the company. One is uh, of course the cloud, but actually the cloud has its limitation, especially if you want to access from uh, from your premises from traditional uh, environment like uh, file system and so on. And the other side is of course that. You know the users don't want to uh, to change too much uh, their processes and uh, also their workloads. So the, these two things are uh, creating a, a, a huge challenge for enterprises, and um, and this is why we started uh, uh, looking at uh, different uh, approaches. Okay, and mm-hmm. uh, in some way this is the way. Uh, Comprise works, right? So you, you found a different approaches to data growth and finding a balance between uh, on-premises and the cloud at the beginning. 
Yes, absolutely. You know, it's very interesting, Enrico. I mean, as you said, data is growing so fast. Most customers, I think, realize that um, reducing data growth has become virtually impossible. Um, it's really about how do you manage it better. Um, but part of the challenge, I think, is a lot of companies, th- when they think data management, often they just think, well, we'll just do it through cheaper storage. You know, we'll just buy better storage or we'll negotiate a better price with our storage vendor. Uh, but, you know, it's really not, data management is not just about storage. As you know, it's about, you know, using the right mix of storage and backup and putting the right data in the right place at the right time. Uh, and that's why, you know, you need a data management software that's independent of the storage, independent of the backup, independent of the cloud, but helps you use all these environments in the proper mix. Yeah, and I, I think it's not only that. I mean, we have a lot of uh, other additional challenges now. I mean, I always think about compliance with GDPR, for example, or mm-hmm. the, uh, the fact that uh, uh, sometimes you have people living in the company and files are still there. You don't even know if these files are still necessary or not. Okay, mm-hmm. This is a, a huge problem in large organizations, especially distributed ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, do, uh, what do you think about about this kind of you know issues that are still in the realm of uh, you know data growth and data management, but actually open uh, to other um, the, sorry, uh, but but they are also you know parts of other kind of challenges regarding data. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, data is a big business asset. And uh, as you point out, I mean, data management is not only about, you know, uh, managing the cost of data, but it's also about giving a simple way for businesses to search the data, to find, you know, uh, relevant data they need for maybe for compliance, but also very often for new business uses. You know, right now, you know, AI and ML, uh, many companies are thinking about how they can leverage AI and big data. Uh, but to do AI and big data, you need the right data sets. And some of that data might be very old. It may not all be sitting in a single system. It may not have all been created by a single user. So how do you find the right data across all your uh, you know, data storage pools? How do you leverage it for these other users? I mean, data management includes all of that as well. Right. In, in fact... You know, global search is something that it's uh, fundamental now. I mean, when, when you have uh, petabytes and petabytes of data distributed in uh, on several systems, uh, it's very, very complicated to find the data, to find the right data set, to isolate this data set, and maybe reuse it, or maybe, you know, isolate it for uh, legal reasons or everything else. So, and uh, an- another part of the problem is also that, uh, yes, you have all these needs, but actually you need the simplicity to manage all of this. Because because another big problem is that if you have uh, petabytes of storage in uh, different silos, that becomes pretty hard to have a single vendor solution, for example, or uh, or uh, or a management system for a single vendor. You you need an horizontal platform that. Uh, uh, you know, somehow avoids to create this kind of silos, right? 
Exactly. I mean, one thing we know is there's a lot of innovation happening uh, in 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 the storage landscape, and customers, you know, uh, we see this with our own customers all the time. Uh, you know, they may be picking a particular vendor solutions, uh, and a few years later, they pick something else. And you want to be able to mix different, uh, you know, storage solutions, backup solutions, etc., without you know, uh, users having to know that something changed and without in the vendor taking control of your data. Because, you know, if you go with a proprietary solution and every single time you migrate to another environment or you bring some other new storage in, if you have to rehydrate all the data, then that's a pretty huge cost that the customer has to pay. Uh, and so, as you said, if you can have something that is standards-based that works across all the storage, then you you get a vendor-independent way to manage your data, and it puts the customer in control of their data, which is the way it should be. So, just to recap very quickly, we talked about basic data management, I mean, uh, data placement, find uh, the, the right data placement for data. We talked about uh, uh, advanced data management, I mean, in searching, and uh, compliance, uh, and maybe we can call it data governance as well. And then uh, we talked also about uh, making it uh, seamless for uh, for end users. It's a lot of things, you know. And uh, and you know, I know how you uh, do this kind of things, but maybe we could uh, uh, dig a little bit in, uh, in the architecture of your product to understand better how it works and how it uh, delivers this kind of functionality. Okay, sure. So Comprise is just a, a software that works across uh, a customer's storage environments, and it works through standard interfaces, through standard protocols. Uh, so we focus on unstructured data. So any data that you can expose via NFS or SMB or S3, those kinds of protocols is what Comprise works with. And literally, you know, if you were to use Comprise in your environment, all you would do is bring up a Comprise virtual machine, which we call an observer, uh, in your environment. And then you, you get taken to the Comprise console, which is a web interface. And through it, you just pick all the storage you want to look at. In most companies, we find that IT really does not have a good understanding of what data they have and what data is actually hot and being actively used versus cold and inactive. And this is because, you know, IT doesn't create all this data. It's business users that create the data. So IT has to manage it, but they don't have a good understanding of the data. So Comprise starts with that analytics. So the first thing you do with Comprise is you point it at all your storage, and within minutes, even on petabytes of data, you start seeing really nice graphs that show you, you know, maybe in maybe in most customer environments, 30% or 40% of their data might be hot, and 70 to 80% of their data had not hasn't been touched in a year or more and is cold. So Comprise will actually show that to you. It'll also show you more information about your data, like what kinds of data is it? You know, is it a lot of video files or is it a lot of genomics data? You know, where is the data sitting? Which users are using it the most? How fast it's growing, etc. So IT gets a good picture of what's happening to their to their data. 
But along with that, they can actually set different policies and it's really interactive. So you could say, well, what if I took all my cold data and moved it out of active management? You know, what if I took my cold data and archived it maybe to a cloud storage or to a cheaper uh, disk on premise or maybe object storage? So you could set policies like that. You could say, well, what if I archive cold data or what if I put a second copy of my data in the cloud? Or what if I, you know, deleted, you know, three-year-old files from ex-employees? You could set policies like that. And as you do it, Comprise will show you how much you will save based on your own costs. So it's very interactive. And you can, uh, and when you're done with that, you can just activate it and Comprise will manage the data. So it gives you analytics first. It helps you plan your data management. And then when you're ready, it helps you with the data management itself. And when we say data management, we mean things like transparent archiving, you know, uh, you know, putting a copy of data for DR purposes, migrating data from one system to another, um, you know, and then, and then, so those are the basic management features Comprise gives. Um, but uh, uh, as you said, once you're done with all that, it also gives you a virtual data lake of all your data. So you could search across all your storage. You could find, you know, and build, uh, you know, data sets on the fly of data you're interested in. And then you could even export it to uh, a, like a Hadoop application or a Spark application, etc. So it gives you a single control plane of all your data, no matter where it lives. And everything it does is through standard protocols uh, without any lock-in, so the customer is always in control of their data. Yeah, so just to recap very quickly, because the list of features is very long at this point. So first of, first of all, you have uh, uh, this very simple uh, virtual machine that you deploy uh, at the customer uh, premises, and uh, uh, it starts to analyze everything in a matter of minutes or maybe hours if it's very huge infrastructure you get uh, information on uh, uh, on your infrastructure so everything i mean uh, where how uh, what you have in your um, in your system who, who has uh, control of these files etc uh, etc et so you get uh, a complete report on uh, on everything from that point you can define your policies, you can understand uh, what is the cost uh, of moving uh, things around, and then you can start uh, applying it uh, to different uh, backend repositories. That could be the cloud uh, with the S3, for example, or uh, uh, other uh, object stores on the premises, other file system. Who cares? I mean, in, in the moment you can provide... Uh, uh, enough rela- uh, um, availability and uh, reliability of uh, of your for your data, uh, everything is supported more or less. And then uh, additional things happens like uh, the ability to search across uh, uh, all your your information and select a, a subset of information of data that you can use for other use cases. So it's very easy. At the end, uh, it's just uh, a single tool that uh, concentrates uh, many features and goes uh, in the um, in uh, very deep in your data. One of the things that uh, 
uh, I'm curious to know about is uh, once you have all this uh, uh, mechanism in place, okay, what kind of decision your customers do usually? Because, of course, they had a, a large NAS infrastructure that maybe they don't need anymore or they, they can uh, change their strategy uh, because, uh, because now cloud becomes more relevant, for example. So what do you see in the field from your customers? Yeah, it's a great question, uh, Enrico. I mean, as you said, most, uh, uh, you know, there's a lot of environments that have a lot of NAS or unstructured data, you know, uh, genomics or healthcare, research, insurance, um, manufacturing, uh, IoT. You know, these are some of the markets where we have uh, customers. Uh, and usually our customers, you know, the first thing they do is, uh, you know, they, they typically have a lot of NAS infrastructure. They might have you know, petabytes and petabytes of data. Uh, you know, some of our customers are pretty large. They have about 100 plus petabytes. Uh, but even if you have 250 terabytes of data, you you probably have a data management problem already. Uh, and, uh, and, and so the first thing that most of our customers do after they've looked at their data through us is they realize that, you know, 80% of their storage cost is not because of the storage itself. It's because they've been keeping cold data on expensive storage and not only keeping the data on the expensive storage, but also they're actively managing cold data, meaning that even though the data is cold, they're still keeping three or four backup copies of it and they're keeping a DR copy of it. And that's where a lot of their cost is. So the usually the one of the first things customers do with Comprise is they archive the cold data out of that active management because when we move cold data out of uh, out of your NAS, even though the data looks like it's still there for the users, um, all that's left is a small uh, link which might be one to four kilobytes in size, depending on your file system, uh, and it's not the whole data size. So if you had a 10 meg file and we replaced it with a 4KB link, then the only thing that your backup software has to backup is that 4KB link, not the entire 10 meg file. So without changing your backup process with all your DR process or your users or applications, you can transparently cut out 80% of your costs by doing archiving first. And, and so usually that's one of the first use cases customers start with uh, Comprise. Uh, but in addition to that, many customers also have data center migrations that are running all the time. You know, maybe they're going upgrading to Flash, and so they have to move their NAS data to Flash, or maybe they're, you know, switching vendors, so they have to go from one platform to another. So data migration is another use case that customers typically start with. But analytics, archiving, and data migration, I would say, are the three most common use cases. Uh, and in all these cases, we can save a customer significant amounts of money very immediately. So there's a quick TCO for them. Yeah, and I mean, more in general, we are talking about the fact that understanding uh, uh, what you're dealing with means also that you can improve your processes and uh, make better decisions at the end. And also... Uh, as you said, the the TC of the infrastructure uh, sees a huge improvement immediately. I mean, as soon as you can um, have more efficient processes and uh, in uh, regarding data protection and data management, 
everything comes with it. Exactly. Yeah. Another very interesting aspect of this kind of approach is that we don't think about uh, uh, physical storage anymore, but actually uh, a different kind of infrastructure where we have uh, different types of storage connected together and they are just, uh, um, you know, the piece of hardware that uh, uh, stores, your store, uh, stores your data. But in the end, it's the, uh, the control plane, the true software-defined uh, uh, solution that we we got that uh, uh, puts uh, the, the real value on top of this uh, hardware. The hardware could uh, become everything. As you said, you can change the hardware anytime then. So you, you are free from lock-ins, you are free from uh, um, even from cloud lock-ins because you can have different targets in the backend. So you, you can use this kind of uh, uh, solution to uh, to leverage different uh, resources and change them depending on the cost, depending on uh, you know how easy they are to access and so on. That's exactly right. I mean, if you really think about it, uh, I think you know historically, uh, uh, I mean, the one thing with storage is uh, over ninety eight percent of customers don't use a single vendor storage solution. They have more than one vendor, and it's for good reason, right? Because People have different data has different needs at different points in its life cycle, and so different vendors, different solutions might address those needs uh, uh, needs better for those points. So, given that you always have multi vendor environments, why would you let each vendor lock your data? Why wouldn't you manage it all through an, a kind of vendor independent uh, you know control plane? which is also independent of us, by the way. So if a customer wants to remove Comprise at any time, they can remove us because all the data, when we move it, we leave it in native format. So when we move a file from a NAS to the cloud, we keep the whole file as an object. We don't break it up uh, and we don't make it proprietary. So you have to go through Comprise to get the data. You can directly go in the cloud and access the file as an object or you can access it as a file you know through us so we don't lock into anything including ourselves you know you can move remove comprise at any time uh, if you're a customer yes actually you answered my next question that it was uh, it was about uh, lock-ins and the fact that uh, comprise could become a lock-in but actually the fact that you leave everything on the native format uh, avoids any form of lock-in at the end and and there is something more to that because uh, once I have my data in the native format uh, available on, on an object store like S3, for example, I can access directly data from the cloud. I mean, this becomes my uh, repository, my data lake again that I can reuse very quickly from uh, any cloud application I have. Also, I think that... Uh, also, one important uh, uh, potential development is that I can use my uh, my AWS S3 uh, uh, attached to Lambda functions to crawl my my data once it comes in and maybe uh, find patterns like uh, viruses or other things that uh, uh, with other tools are very very complicated. So it's. Uh, the potential is amazing. I mean, uh, all the imagination is the limit at that point. 
Yeah, you know, we see some real uses of this. Uh, for example, one of our customers is a genome, uh, you know, sequencing company. They they actually find rare um, genetic diseases, you know, at, that that happen at birth. So they do genetic testing um, uh, for hospitals, and you know, they have a lot of research data, and they use Comprise to archive the data from their on-premise data centers to the cloud. Uh, and because they have multiple sites, you know, they have a site in Israel and they have a site uh, here in California. Uh, but the, the researchers in Israel are able to use the data in the cloud for their further analysis directly without going back to the California data center. Um, and so putting data in the cloud, you know, the cloud, as you know, is, is not just about cheap storage. Uh, it really, the real value of the cloud is that you can access it from anywhere and you can run compute. You can spin up compute very easily in the cloud because it's elastic. Uh, and so if you, if you archive data in a way where you cannot use it from that secondary location, then really you're not getting all the benefits of archiving because, you know, archiving is not some dusty old uh, second copy of the data. It's really a live, fully accessible uh, copy. And that's that's the change that has happened in the market. Historically, archiving meant it went off to tape and nobody could ever access it. But now it's really all live. It's, it's really more Turing than archiving, but Turing with native access, you know, uh, I think that that's the evolution that's happened. Yeah, totally. And what about the future then? So you're already able to analyze, move data in the right place, um, other features to your storage infrastructure, like uh, this global search and uh, food analytics on, uh, on top of it. Uh, so what can we expect uh, from, uh, from the near future? Yeah, there's a few things we're working on, uh, Enrico, and a lot of this, you know, we're actually guided by our customers and how they use the product. Uh, so one of the things we're seeing is uh, now, uh, you know, a lot of customers, you know, a couple of years ago were really worried, concerned about what data did they have in their data center and how can they bridge from there to the cloud. So it was all about the hybrid cloud. Uh, but now a lot of customers, while that is still very important, um, Another challenge that customers are bringing up is that their DevOps teams have been generating data in the cloud over the last few years. And so now a lot of companies have a lot of data natively on S3. So it was data built not through a NAS, but directly on, on in the cloud. Um, and now IT is being asked to manage all of that as well. Uh, and they have very little visibility in the cloud. Cloud is actually even more complicated than on-premise, as you know, because different departments can just set up their own accounts and they have data uh, sitting in different buckets. And they, there's this bucket sprawl that's happened in the cloud. Uh, so the the thing that we are focused on now, you know, what we announced at Amazon reInvent last year uh, is what we're calling cloud data management, where the same things that we do for on-premise NAS, we now do for native cloud. So you can point comprise uh, at your Amazon S3 buckets, at your, uh, you know, um, EFS and 
um, FSX and in all your different storage in the cloud. Uh, and Comprise actually shows you how much data is in the cloud, how fast it's growing, how much you're spending for egress costs, uh, you know, how much you're spending on storage, etc. And you could actually do data management right there. Uh, you know, you could you could do ILM in the cloud. Uh, to start reducing those costs. And in the cloud, the, the, the benefit is even more immediate because you're paying every month for what you use. So if you can make a change, you can see the results of it, I mean, instantly, right? If you, uh, so, so the cloud data management is one of the big things we're focused on now. But it's very interesting. Also opens uh, even more scenarios for uh, other applications. And... Uh, Regarding uh, regarding the business model, so maybe we can spend a couple of uh, words on uh, on that too, because um, you know you mentioned large enterprises, but you also mentioned uh, two hundred and fifty terabytes, which now is more in the realm of uh, of uh, mid size and small size enterprises. So, how do you um, offer your product, the licensing model, uh, the the sales models in terms of channel or direct sales and Yeah, that's a great question. So, you know, we... We want to make licensing simple because I think the other thing we hear from customers is a lot of these products, it's very hard to figure out what the cost is. Uh, so for us, it's just how much data you're managing through Comprise. You pay for that. Uh, and all the features are, are included. So you can analyze the data. You can archive it. You can copy it. You can do, uh, you know, virtual data lakes on it, migrate it. It's all included in the, in the, in the cost of Comprise. Uh, and so you're, uh, you're paying for for how much data you're managing. Uh, and um, the, the reason we can sell to smaller and larger organizations is uh, we, we charge by capacity, uh, but for, very, for large organizations, uh, we also do more enterprise agreements with them. So, you know, they can, they can it's kind of like, a, you know, they can, they can lock in a certain uh, price for multiple years. So even if they grow a lot in that time, it's all covered. I see, I see. And uh, is it a more direct kind of uh, sales? Or oh, do yeah, you sorry, yeah. We sell 100% indirect. So even though, uh, so we have sales teams and we've been actually rapidly growing our business. Last year, uh, we quadrupled uh, our our sales force across uh, the world. Uh, and uh, But we don't actually sell direct. Uh, we sell through uh, channel partners and resellers. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, some big technology partners also resell our products. So IBM uh, resells Comprise, uh, as does HPE, um, uh, or you can buy Comprise through Amazon, you know, through the marketplace or through the channel partners. You know, in almost all our business, actually 100% of our business is fulfilled through a partner. We don't do anything direct. Awesome. And uh, where we can find more information than with uh, uh, about Comprise. So can you give us uh, the website and uh, any other links that can help to evaluate the solution? 
Yeah. So, you know, if somebody's in, in if you're interested in learning more, uh, I'd say, you know, go to uh, uh, www.comprise.com. Uh, you can also follow us on LinkedIn. If you look for the Comprise company page, we post a, a lot of updates on LinkedIn, uh, on Twitter. You know, it's just at, at Comprise is the handle uh, and you can follow us there. Um, as Enrico mentioned, we just did a storage field day. And as most of you know, I mean, in, in field day, you get a lot of tough questions. Uh, so if you're interested in knowing more about the architecture and how we scale or how it works, uh, or the details of all of that were covered in the field day. We had uh, several excellent uh, uh, videos from it. So you can watch those as well. And they're all on the uh, Comprise site. Uh, you can find them uh, on our site itself. Uh, you can find links to it. Uh, and if you want to try the product out, you know, just fill out the form on our site and we'd be happy to get in touch with you. That's great. I think we can uh, call it a wrap. And uh, thank you, Krishna, again for your time today. It was a very, very interesting conversation. Uh, I have to say that uh, I really love uh, the product, the way it works. It's a pretty unique uh, solution at the moment in the market. Always uh, interesting to know about uh, this kind of solution. Thank you again. Thank you very much, Enrico. If you enjoyed this episode of Voices in Data Storage, please check out the other ones. Unstructured data management is the focus of a report Enrico wrote for GigaOM Research. To find out more about how data storage is evolving in the cloud era, download the single report or subscribe to GigaOM Research for future forward advice on data-driven technologies, operations, and business strategies.